The Real Food Reel is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their healthy kitchen oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil. Visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning into today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 237 of The Real Food Reel, we are joined by Kirsty Worth from Cultured Wellness to discuss mapping your gut microbiome. We explore the technology we have had access to to date and its limitations, including culturing, PCR, and 16S RNA. We then discuss the newest technology, shotgun metagenomic sequencing and how this provides much greater functional insight and therefore clinical relevance. We then dive deeper into Microba's Insight Report and the importance of microbiome metabolites for optimal digestive, metabolic and nervous system health. Hello, Kirsty, and welcome back to the show. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having me. Awesome. One of my favourite topics up for discussion today We got you on the show deliberately to talk all about mapping the microbiome. You know, we've got access to incredible testing in this day and age, but I wanted to explore with you the differences and all about, you know, what we should be looking at to test our microbiome. To start from the top though, yeah, could you sort of tell us more about what you've seen in that space and maybe what we used to use to start with and we'll go from there? Yeah, certainly. So when I, like for me personally, when I first had my gut microbiome tested, it was using a culture testing. So very much looking at growing microbes on, you know, literally a Petri dish and seeing what was going on. And this was sort of really big in the 70s and 80s. And it's just been incredible. And so when I first got my gut tested, there are specific microbes um, that you know needed to be looked at and looking for that we knew impacted our health but it was certainly around looking at okay 
we know about this, let's go look for that. So only really culturing and looking for species that we knew about and species that we knew affected our health. And, you know, absolutely, it was an amazing time for being able to support us with where to from there. So a diagnostic tool is fantastic. And so from that growing on a petri dish, that whole culture testing, it then moved into the 16S. So looking at sequencing the, a specific single gene in an organism. And this was absolutely groundbreaking because then you could look at all of these organisms within our body and look at looking at their genes and who were they, what are, what's going on. And it gave us kind of that rap sheet of the who's who of what was going on within your gut microbiome. So once again, fantastic at looking at that DNA. So moving from culture to moving from DNA. But still that was only a single part or single gene of that organism. So it was quite restrictive still. And, um, you know, it could give us some inferences, but not as much as we want to know. We want to jump in there and have a look. And once again, we um, weren't able to extrapolate that for our unique gut microbiome and was that affecting us and our unique fingerprint that we have within our bodies. And so it's been really, really helpful, but it was missing that um, resolution or that depth that we want to know. And so um, now we're moving more towards this, um, you know, ge- you know, metagenomics. And this is a company that we're currently at Culture Wellness using, which is Microber, and looking at understanding that whole genome and understanding at what the whole microbiome is doing. And so as opposed to the previous testing, which was, you know, I think this is the problem, let's go in and look for it. Now with this metagenomics, we are just looking at the microbiome and letting it speak to us. So the microbiome's showing us what's going on in there. We can now look at composition of things. We can now look at the who's who of you know, what's an overgrowth and what's an undergrowth in this space. And we can see what is called a novel species. So we can look at now things of, wow, that, you know, you and I have completely different microbiomes and looking at my unique species and what are they compared to yours and how do they impact your health? Are they positive or negative? And um, what does that mean for us in that bigger picture? So it, like it's just phenomenal. Like for me watching this growth because I've been in this sort of um, getting tested, me personally, my family, and then, of course, our clients for oh I, over 10 years now. It's like, wow, what are they going to do next? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I often think about that. <laughs> it's so cool. Like are we going to go in and literally place our finger on something and then, um, you know, up pops all of what's going on and I'm sure it will get to that point. But um, And then now, you know, this is, this really exciting time of being able to look at, and this is the difference that's really sparking my interest and getting me super excited is not only do we know the who's who in there, but now we can look at what are they up to? What are they doing? And this is this whole understanding of metabolites. So we can now say, okay, so we've got these specific microbes that are in there and then we can look at what they are producing And then how that impacts our mental health, how that impacts our um, energy levels, our sleep levels, our mood, how we absorb our nutrients. 
And this is how we can now really start to um, use it as a diagnostic tool to help treat people. So our practitioners can really get in there and go, right, so no wonder you're struggling with anxiety or your mental health. You're literally, your microbes aren't there that create the metabolites for balanced mood. So it's such a wonderful way of finding out, um, you know, why is this happening and how can we support that so it doesn't happen. Yeah. So much I want to unpack there, but I think just to pause for a moment, it is really important for us to acknowledge that there are lots of different options when it comes to testing and microba is clearly at the forefront, but there are also people that, you know, jump online or go and see their doctor for stool testing and they might not be getting the most current science. So I'm glad you've sort of taken us through that timeline because you know, what we're seeing at the natural nutritionist is people just sort of doing any old stool test and Mm. not that it's a waste of money, but if there's better technology and then obviously more information now available, then that's what we want to be really looking at. So just making sure that, you know, you are getting some advice on which test to use that that has the most up-to-date science behind it. Yeah, and I know you guys do this well, Seth, and it's it's also about connecting between what's going on for you, what do you want to find out, and which test is going to help you to move forward with that. And that's really, really important. So, for example, if, you know, if you've got some pretty significant cramping going on, you've been to Bali, you've got the runs, you know, that whole sort of picture of a parasite that you've picked up then you're going to be requesting a different kind of test than if you do have struggle with mental health issues or fatigue issues or you want to, you know, that you've taken a truckload of antibiotics for a specific reason, which, you know, may have needed, well, had needed to happen. But now you want to know what is the state of my gut? What do I address? Where do I start? And what do I need to do? So it's also about... um, connecting those that beautiful sort of connect with those dots about what's happened what do I need and then what do I want to get out of this as opposed to just yeah jumping on the most exciting test and going for it it may not support what you want to know and where you want to go with your health yeah I love that like we talk to our clients about a testing budget or the best allocation of their testing budget so that you know we have to have that conversation with them first to help direct them you know, of course we can help people that bring us a test, but like you're saying, it may not have been the best use of their budget per se. And I think that's really important because like as a practitioner, you don't treat the test results, you treat the person. And Hmm. so that's what we've got to be looking at, what your symptoms are and where you're you're wanting to be with your, you know, your health journey and then having testing to support that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's really fascinating. So obviously you're now using Microba at Cultured Wellness, which is something that you've changed more recently or changed to more recently. So I'd sort of love to hear about that decision and yeah, why you've gone from using the previous stool testing. Yeah, so the previous stool testing that we used was a combination of culturing and also PCR testing, which is that um, DNA sequencing of that single um, gene in the organism. So it was wonderful and it helped us to look at specific strains and obviously with that culturing as we talked about, 
But I, you know, we have so many people that come to work with us with mental health issues and fatigue issues and um, chronic, chronic, you know, autoimmune conditions. And obviously we've got kids that we work with that are on the spectrum or ADHD and learning and developmental issues. And so we needed more information and more data around what was going on and what was the gut producing with regards to those metabolites. And so it, it was really interesting to, um, you know, see Microba and be approached by Microba to work with them because it gave us more information so we could um, really tailor the treatment even finer and more individual than what we were currently doing. And, of course, you know, our whole philosophy, um, you know, that you guys have and that we certainly have with our practitioners at Culture Wellness is, you know, <laughs> make sure that, it can, you know, we do get that budget, um, you know, tailored and make sure that people get the, the right treatment, the right care and in the, in the most valuable amount of time. And so the Microba report allowed us to unpack more information and specifically around these chronic conditions that we're seeing and what people are coming to us for so we could, um, yeah, get that right treatment plan going. And, you know, it's really important for me to make sure that we're up with the latest um, science and latest understanding. And, um, you know, that's where this metagenomic testing is certainly coming out. So we wanted to be right across, right across it and make sure that we're providing our clients with the best. So, yeah, we moved in and we're actually doing some pretty exciting research projects with Microba and collecting data and um, doing some pilot studies and writing some research papers and it's been an incredible joint venture that we're working with them on. So um, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I love it. I think it's so amazing like and also how affordable the tests are. Mm. Like I was doing some research about Microba um, not too long ago and I don't know if you know sort of any further detail on the costing, but I believe, you know, even 10 years ago, the sort of testing that we have access to today would have cost like half a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. It's quite so when I, Yeah, it, it absolutely is. So when I first started looking into this stuff um, years and years and years ago and I wanted it to, I wanted to look at it for Noah, at that point, it was, yeah, three to $5,000 and it was one, you know, certainly there wasn't a lab in Australia that was doing it. It, was, um, it just wasn't accessible. And now, you know, they've got it down to $365 or something like that and it will continue to drop as the volumes of the testing in, increases. You know, it's just that sort of basic demand flow. Of course. Um, so it is really reasonable when you think about, tailoring your solution so specifically you end up saving money anyway in your health journey and you know not having people coming along as you and I have had where they've spent $80,000 on their health and whereas you know if they had have um, had specific testing done and found exactly what was going on you know you can really pinpoint that and not have to get to that point of you know so much money trying to find out what's wrong yeah for sure I love that so just circling back to, say, the culturing testing, which is a lot of what people might be exposed to if they've ever done a stool test with their doctor, for example. And mm -hmm. you know, what I was wanting to know, I wanted to know what you had seen. So obviously in the Petri dish 
it's an anaerobic environment, yeah? So we're taking mm-hmm. out the oxygen. So that's mm-hmm. obviously going to take out the aerobic producing or relying bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you seeing like a lot or like a skew towards the anaerobic bacteria with culturing? Yeah, certainly, um, because it's very, very hard to reproduce the environment of our gut. Um, you know, there's beautiful Emma Verco Allen who built the robo gut at Guelph University and literally has all of the appropriate oxygen and acids and you tip one type of food in the top and out comes all of the different, um, you know, metabolites and and there's one of those in the world and so it's we can't replicate that and so the Petri dish uh, culturing style certainly doesn't allow us to look at that whole picture of what's happening in the different types of environments where um, there's certain bacteria that love oxygen and certain bacteria that will die and can't survive in that oxygen environment. So, yeah, it's just tailoring it more. And once again, when you look at that genome, we can sequence that without those environments being needed. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really I say important. we. I'm not at Microba doing that. The, <laughs> the, the, the scientists are doing that. <laughs> so. no, but I think it's a really important point because I was noticing that quite a lot. Um, and we haven't started using Microba in clinic yet. We've been using the GI map, mm-hmm. um, which is still a complete stool sample. Like it's not a swab like um, Microba is. Mm. But I'm definitely finding that to be far more accurate. And I wanted to talk about what that test looks at compared to, say, Microba being that set, that small sample or that spot stool test. Um, yeah. We know that you need, for accuracy, you're going to need a, a larger sample to test for things like parasites. So what mm-hmm. is there in that instance? Yeah, so certainly, um, you know how much we love to talk about poo, so it's not going to be an issue (laughs) discussing it, but, you know, the classic sort of um, PCR testing or the GI mapping testing, you need more stool. So it is the big pot that you collect at home and take into the doctor because it'll allow you to look for um, parasites and allow you to look for different metabolites that um, the GI mapping and the PCR testing will look at. Microba testing has a little brush on the end that you basically just brush a little bit off of the toilet paper of your stool. So uh, Microba um, understands that, um, you know, you you do need more stool. You need greater sort of um, surface space to be able to look at parasites. So for us, even at the moment, um, we still recommend that our clients, if they want to really get that in-depth Um, parasite testing, that they still do the uh, PCR test through their doctor. It's the most cost-effective way of doing it. It's Medicare approved and where you collect a larger sample in in the little tub. And that way you're really getting off both. And once again, it's in the budget. It's fine to get that done. And then um, the GI mapping is great because, you know, it looks at calprotectin and inflammation and fibre in the stool and all of those sorts of things. But, um, you know, there is still some limitations. And um, so, but I think um, that's, once again, that's that next generation up from that culturing, which um, where, yeah, we need to keep moving on from. Yeah, yeah, cool. I love that. And so with Microba, are you using more of the metabolites to 
check for things like leaky gut because it doesn't offer the same as a Nutripath GI map would to test for things like zonulin or calprotectin? Yeah, so it certainly looks at human DNA, the microba testing. So if you've got, you know, more human DNA in the results, then that's going to show us that there's some inflammation and you certainly need to investigate that further through, um, you know, tests at the doctor to see what's going on with that um, calprotect and that inflammatory response. Um, And then, you know, we've actually, for some of our clients that have got some significant autoimmune issues going on, we've done like a neutropath neutropath, um, GI mapping as well as microba. Okay. Because we want to get all of that information. And you having a look at that whole sequenced picture in microba of the who's who and the composition of what's going on in there, it, it's just incredible. And um, the insight reports that they produce of being able to look at, okay, so, you know, you've got quite a lot of this one specific strain in there um, and then very little of the beneficial strains. Um, Or you could do a GI mapping test and go, okay, well, there's actually quite a lot of strep in there, holy smokes. But if you then looked at that in relation to the rest of the composition and the rest of the um, organisms, maybe it's not such a big deal and we don't need to be um, freaking out so much and um, we really just need to manage the strep but really go in there and feed and grow those other beneficial ones that are in there already so it really helps to show how you know how much do we need to go in there to kind of reduce this and grow that or are we starting from a desert here (laughs) so we've got to make sure that we um you know we obviously look after the, the gut when we're going through that process of trying to find that balance again so, um, yeah, it just gives a lot more insight. So getting both is even better. Right. That makes a lot of sense because we, yeah, we went to, we moved to GI map because I wanted to be able to test like the entire microbiome. Obviously the word map tells you that it's looking at, you know, leaky gut inflammation. It's looking at the normal hmm. GIT flora, parasites, bacteria, yeast, and, you know, it is, it is one test, but I can see what you mean in terms of the limitation. I mean, I've had my microba results come back fairly recently um, and I've uh-huh. never seen that many strains. I was like geeking out, you know, because yeah. the diversity that they can obviously, or maybe that's not the right word, but I guess the accuracy of the number of, the, number of strains we can now find is quite incredible. Like I've never seen anything like it. Oh, it blows your mind. And that's the thing with that classic sort of DNA, PCR, that whole sequencing thing, it was just a rap sheet with names on it and that's awesome. But what does that actually mean? Is there 50,000 of one and one of another? You don't know. You just knew that there was those names there. Whereas when you're going in and looking at um, microba test, you can actually look at that composition and that it really helps to work out um, treatment moving forward like if someone's got an overgrowth of um let's choose strep against my arch nemesis but if someone's got an overgrowth of that but they've got beautiful beneficial diverse amount of species and they're novel species that are just you and they're producing beautiful metabolites and they're doing exactly what they need to do 
then you're not going to go in and bomb the place with um, erythromycin or you're not going to go in and um, take too many specific herbs or those kinds of things. You, you, can, you can work out what the right way of treating that is to look after that diversity and, and um, hold on to it. Whereas if you've got someone with very limited diversity, um, that, that also gives, okay, well, we've got really nothing to save in here. Let's just go in, sort it out. And build and rebuild. Mm. So, yeah, it really changes the direction of treatment. I love that. It really, it really, really does. And of course, you and I both know that you can, t- if you're good at taking someone's health history, you can work that out to start with. Yeah. But having that really amazing um, information, um, it, it just is just so wonderful. And uh, and I think we need to also cover off um, the importance of when you do your gut testing as well so you know you and I've talked before about the anomalies of well I did one test and there was no um you know giardia in there and then I did another test and there was or I did a test on one day and there was blasto and then other days it wasn't and so we've got to sort of think about the environment in which these organisms grow you know some of them follow that moon cycle did you eat a truckload of sugar and carbohydrates the day before? So they're thriving, they're on fire. Or have you been really specific about your diet and you're doing your best to um, manage that and not fuel them and feed them? And you've been eating beautiful resistant starches and fibres to grow those beneficial strains. And you can get in there and actually see through your diet and your lifestyle what you're modulating and what you're changing. You know, we know exercise plays such a big part and we know that rolling around in the dirt and the bush plays a big part just as much as eating that fiber and so when did you take this test and what was the environment um had you just gone on a three-day bender of donuts because it's going to make a difference (laughs) yeah yeah i love that i think the timing's really important and and note it for your practitioner it will just do them the world of good to help you. So remember that. Yeah, cool. The other thing I wanted to mention was the one of the um, differences in how the report is presented. You know, obviously with Bioscreen or Nutripath, we're used to seeing the, the colony forming units. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously with the microbiome profiling technology being based on the DNA sequencing, it's quite mm-hmm. different. So they're reporting on the relative abundance of species, yeah. So we're getting more of a percentage yeah. in relation to the overall microbiome. So I just wanted to get you to speak to that so people that have seen, a, say, a CFU report um, yeah. know that it's going to be quite different on a microbial report. Exactly. So very, very different. And so it will help you to support you. Um, once again, in the end, you know, it's looking at that overall abundance, but then that's in relation to everything that is within that gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a high abundance or low abundance. And so it, it, it is a change in looking at that and reading that. But once again, it helps us to look at that overall composition of how they're relating to all the other organisms rather than, okay, well, I've got this many colony forming units with this one strain, but that's great. But what does that mean to the other ones that yes. we don't know about? So, yeah, that relative abundance and that diversity um, really, really, really helps for looking at the overall health of your gut, the overall picture of what's going on rather than, once again, those specific strains. So it's um, help, helping, helping the test to tell us what we, 
tell us what it wants to say rather than us looking in and going at that pinpointing one specific thing. Yeah. And so it's abundance relative to your gut, but then yeah. there's a score. So you're given a score out of a hundred or at least the metabiome report that I've looked at um, provides a score. Is that what you guys are looking at as well? So the score is about, it's a, the Shannon index, which looks at um, your relative abundance or, you know, the basic sort of health of your gut microbiome. And um, it looks at whether it's, you know, high or medium or what that looks like. Now, with regards to that score, don't get too freaked out because I actually had a chat with the guys at Microba about this. Now, the relative abundance in the score is in regards to the data set that they have sequenced currently from the people that they have tested. And so, as we know, the more testing that they do, the more that that changes. And um, (laughs) I feel it's a bit skewed because people get their gut test done because they don't feel great. And so the abundance and the changes is going to be a bit skewed to the type of people that get their testing done. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So and even it says, you know, healthy group versus where you sit. So, you know, I had, um, you know, they have 75%, you know, is the healthy group and then outside of those parameters is deemed as sort of low abundance. Um, But, yeah, like some someone might, feel they're fine but they're sitting outside of that healthy group so we need to sort of change that into looking at more about diversity or um re sort of framing that um but yeah the shannon index is a a good way of looking at what is your diversity score so when our practitioners look at the microba test results we more look at diversity and the body's ability because we haven't raised this yet but this is super cool about the microba test is um, your body's ability to be able to utilize and digest things like protein and fiber and um, you know good quality fats. Mm-hmm. So that's like the the real meat of looking at these reports is um, you know everyone keeps telling you to eat fiber, right? Fiber, 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 fiber. Get that diversity up. Eat your fiber. We know that that is really supportive of um, growing and having a beneficial microbiome, if you get your report back and it literally says you have low ability to um, digest fibre, well, no wonder you're sort of turning off it and you don't want to eat it and it hurts when you eat it and you get gassy and diarrhoea and all those kinds of things. So it helps to explain that you've got to go slow on the fibre or you need the right fibre, you need more of that, you know, resistant starch without the sugars and you need to go slow because you currently don't have the organisms to be able to digest that fiber. So it just sits in your gut rushing. For sure. So, it, um, you know, it helps us to look at, oh, hang on a minute. You know, you've got a huge ability to digest sugars because previously to you changing your pathway on looking after your health, that's what you ate. Um, and, you know, same flip side of if you hadn't focused on eating good quality proteins and that's something that you wanted to incorporate into your diet, you got to realize we need those organisms to be able to do that. You can't just kind of flick a switch and expect that you can just, you know, digest protein. So you've got to go low and slow with that. Let the bugs grow. Let them have their opportunity to be able to utilize 
um, you know, the metabolites from that protein. So I actually find that really helpful for people who have got significant pain or gut issues when they see, no wonder I can't digest fibre. I literally have nothing in there to do that. And it, it gives, it's, it helps you to understand that uh, it's not about you and it's not your fault about you're not trying hard enough. It's just we need to help those organisms to be able to do that for you. I, I love this. I think there's so much individuality in that in terms of the treatment plan. Yeah, like you mentioned, there's the fibre. There's also, you know, protein, which, which can shape what you prescribe that person from a dietary perspective. Um, they also measure LPS, which is the obviously the yeah. lipopolysaccharide, which I love because, you know, in the LPS space, saturated fats are often demonised because they, you know, allow LPS to cross the intestinal barrier and enter the bloodstream and can cause that inflammation. That's really only going to be some in someone who's got really high or elevated levels of lipopolysaccharides. So then we can look at, all right, they're not going to tolerate as much saturated fat as someone like myself who doesn't have any of the lipopolysaccharide in the gut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just quietly it helps us just to put another lid on that coffin. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? But um, and, and that it's really supportive if someone's like, I feel good eating these beautiful fats, but I'm really scared or I don't know what to do and is it inflammatory? Boom, here's your test results. It's going really well for you. Yeah. So it's it's just such a wonderful way of um being able to bring that down. But yeah, like uh, another great example, Steph, is that if someone has a low ability to digest their protein. And one of the metabolites that the microbial test looks at is ammonia. Is there a lot of ammonia, um, you know, happening within your body? And is that a metabolite that is um, coming out through that test? And so if someone's got really high ammonia, which, you know, at a certain point becomes very toxic to the brain and they've got a low ability to digest protein, then we're going to go in there and go, okay, let's just go very low and slow. Let's get some protein that's pureed or really easy for you to digest and um, because we don't want to add extra ammonia to the body that's already struggling with it because ammonia is a, a byproduct of that protein digestion. So little things like that can, once again, tweak it and then you can retest and look at, okay, my ability to digest protein has really increased. That ammonia level has come down. I can start to incorporate um, you know, some more protein and, uh, you know, in an eat, in a way that I can digest it a little bit better. So just those tweaks can be, oh, they can make the world a difference to how you feel on an everyday basis. Yeah, agreed. And that's, again, what we, we haven't been able to ascertain from previous stool tests because, yeah, we're not getting those detailed metabolites, which completely shapes what food you can and can't tolerate. Mm. And, um, just to let you in on a sort of the inside scoop, you know, with the the research that we're doing with Microba, our last cohort that came through, uh, there was this enormous pattern coming through with um, a certain Clostridium strain that was almost in all of our data set, which is quite phenomenal. And also, you know, we saw that there was quite a significant um, amount of people that, had no ability to produce serotonin mm-hmm. at all. So they literally, it was, it was a non-result. 
for the tyramine, which supports serotonin production. I mean, oh, you know, that, that just breaks my heart because that, you know, obviously those people have mental health issues and they feel terrible and they, they don't have serotonin. And as we know, not only serotonin makes us feel amazing, but it supports motility in the gut. It supports the strength of our gut. There's, so it has more functions than just making us feel great that, um, you know, it's not often known about. And so when you get in there and have a look at, oh, my gosh, you're not producing any of that. No wonder you've got, you know, um, constipation, motility is poor, and you don't really feel like getting up and rocking the day. So um, interesting, we've seen these correlations between clostridium and lack of serotonin production and some of these um, metabolites so we can you know sort of get to the nitty-gritty of what's going on with that and why is it happening and what are these patterns that we're starting to see yeah that's fascinating because currently on the microba report it notes that the typical range for tyramine production to be zero to zero percent so mm. do you believe at this stage that's just to do with the sample size that we were talking about so exactly far? yeah yeah so it's the whole of australia walking around with no serotonin <laughs> well mine's zero yeah i'm not i'm not feeling like i have typical sort of symptoms of that per se um yeah. obviously it needs to be taken in context for the full, to the full picture exactly and this is the cool thing you know you yeah. you may have other what they call novel species that we don't know about yet that are doing the job for you well then there's butyrate and propionate and vitamin E in the gut that produce serotonin and my levels of those are all quite exceptional. So I imagine that's where the, the balance shifts. Exactly, exactly. So when you see that picture of those acids down, tyramines down, that whole picture, then you can start to see, okay, this is what's going on. Mm. Yeah, so cool. Love it. It's fascinating. Mm. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to add around um, the testing or what you guys are seeing in clinic at Culture Wellness? Um, no, I think I um, I think we've covered everything off. I think it's um, I, I think more just sort of letting everyone know that how exciting it is at the moment, and we're at a space now where um, I, I just think why wouldn't you get your gut tested? <laughs> so, so if you're concerned or you're still not sure what to do, um, I think getting tested, no matter what it is, even if it's a PCR test from the doctor, is a good place to start. And getting into that routine of getting your gut tested is very, very important um, because everything changes. I, we you know, we need to sort of really unpack and understand the impact of stress on the microbiome. So just because you haven't taken antibiotics or just because you haven't, um, you know, had a situation where you had, um, you know, a parasite or the runs or, you know, you've got um, bloating or any of those sorts of things doesn't mean that you don't need to get your gut tested. We know um, the significant impact of the gut on so many of the different functions of our body. And so it's just such a remarkable thing that we've got this information and how much it can support you. So, yeah, I just, I just would encourage people to get it done because you can track it. It's, and when you get in there, as you would have seen, Steph, the report, it's, you could spend a lot of time in there nerding out if you wanted to. And... Um, now, I suppose that's the other thing we haven't touched on that's really important. 
um, you get access to that as the client. You have your login details. It's all direct to to the consumer. And so um, you need to go through it with a practitioner. Absolutely. That's very, very important. But once you've gone through it with a practitioner, it is um, a very, you know, it's this online portal. You've got your login details and you can go in there and read the research studies and you can understand it further. They have links to the research studies, links to more information. So you can take your time to unpack it and look at what's important. And as we all know, you go in and get your results and you spend your time with your practitioner and there's so much that you take in on that. Um, So it's nice to then have that information afterwards and in your own time to slowly but surely go through it um, and remind yourself of the importance of, you know, eating the different um, quality foods and all of that kind of thing. Um, Oh, there is one other thing, Steph. Do we have time for me to? Yeah, sorry. Here I go. Um, okay. I knew I'd, I'd uh, give you a little bit of space, which is what we want. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how, do I, how do I phrase this correctly? Uh, the recommendations of the diet um, and the recommendations of the specific foods to grow the organisms that come up in your online microbe portal is probably a little bit different than what the natural nutritionist or culture wellness would recommend that you eat. And so microbe being direct to the public the way they are, they come under the banner of um, Australian Dietitians Association. And so they follow our food plate, um, whereas at culture wellness or natural nutritionists, we would focus on different foods. So I would just say that when you're looking through your reports, look at that with a grain of salt and listen to your practitioner with regards to food, (laughs) the right foods. Anything you want to say on that? You're far more articulate than I am. No, no, I wanted to talk about this because I think there's positives and negatives, yeah? So just for context, in the report, there's the microfuel, right? So the microbiome fuel. So which it shows you of which beneficial species were detected below optimal levels, you're provided with a list of prebiotics to help grow those strains. So just from the top level, I think that's great because it can be really like diverse in terms of looking for what other fuels you might need, but you need to exclude like the gluten-containing foods. And so on my report, I can just exclude gluten, I can exclude fructose, I could exclude wheat if I wanted, and then I look at my list to make sure that I'm only focusing on what whole foods are prebiotics to help regrow my gut. So it's really individual, but yes, you don't want to obviously assume that you need to eat any of the refined foods that come up in your list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that can be quite confusing because you're seeing this um, you know, detailed um, you know, medical report and it's telling you to eat cornflakes. Yeah. And um, yeah, just work with your practitioner about what is the most beautiful whole foods that are going to feed that um, specific strain that you want or, or organism that you want to feed. And um, yeah, don't get too confused in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good point to raise because you obviously have access to the report. Um, but yeah, but just make sure you're getting some support on the analysis of that and mm. working with your practitioner to make sure you understand exactly what's going to apply to you and, and your gut health goals. Yeah, yeah. And real foods that aren't inflammatory. 
because you don't want to get into a situation of adding in a certain food that will cause inflammation and then your LPS will go up. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So cool. There's just so much there. I love it. So look forward to chatting with you more about this in the near future. But as always, thank you so much for your wisdom. It's been great to chat today. Thanks for having me, Steph. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Real. The 2019 Wellness Summit is almost here. I love being at these events. They're always such a great positive environment. It's been really great to um, listen to like-minded people and to um, meet a few people actually. I've been to every summit and I've been to every one and I'll always keep coming. It's always inspiring. It's been a real eye-opener. We're actually signed up to go to the breakthrough now. It's very motivating. I think it's great to listen to people who are inspired. And there's always something to learn and something to take away. I think uh, for myself and giving myself that um, opportunity to, to learn. There's so much going on in life and everything that you can get distracted and forget the things that you should be doing. And this always reminds you to get back on track and, and um, to focus on the things that are important and holistic help. Just do it, yeah. Just yeah, suck it up and do it. It's uh, it could be life changing, yeah. I would say it's awesome, and it's the start of changing your life. Come along, see what it's about, and enjoy it. It's an amazing event with like-minded, positive people, and you can't help but um, walk away feeling great. Positive Mentor presents the 2019 Wellness Summit, August 17 and 18 in Melbourne. Can you afford to miss out? Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.